Hey, gorgeous. You're on with Aviola Abrams, and welcome to the Abundance Pray Love Podcast. Flow and grow rich. This is a podcast created by me, along with the fabulous Medina. And it's based on Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Together, we are the creators of the Abundance Pray Love Goddess Retreat in Bali, which you could learn about at AbundancePrayLove.com. Okay, so let's get into today's conversation. Today's lesson is based on the sixth sense. No, not the Bruce Willis movie, but the actual sixth sense. Now, our other five senses are tactile senses that we use to experience the world. We can also use those five senses to know whether we are in alignment or out of alignment with our hopes, wishes, and desires. Another wonderful thing about the five senses is that we can use our feelings and feel joy, you know, happiness, fun, and that feeling raises our vibration and puts us in alignment with our desires and helps us to call in more joy, more happiness, more fun, more love, more good times, right? And again, as I said, our feelings will let us know whether we are in alignment or out of alignment with where we want to be. Now, the sixth sense we know commonly as intuition. And I speak a lot about using intuition in our lives. And I believe that intuition is a feminine superpower that we should absolutely be using in our businesses as well, which makes sense because my tribe is the spiritpreneur warrior sisterhood. And so we absolutely use the sixth sense in our businesses. You can learn more about that at Womanifesting University. Now, I'm going to read to you a bit from Napoleon Hill's think classic book, Think and Grow Rich, chapter 14 on the sixth sense. But I wanted to share with you that before he even gets into the chapter, there's a little blurb that says, the depression was a blessing in disguise. It reduced the whole world to a new starting point that gives everyone a new opportunity. Now, of course, when he wrote this, the depression was, you know, fresh in the experience of everyone around him. And people were probably like, (laughs) you know, talk about too soon. Like, what are you talking about? This whole thing just devastated my family and everything around me. But I think that it's a very powerful vantage point to come from. You know, it's really the vantage point of remembering that life is happening for us, not to us. I'm going to read it again, and then I'm going to get into the book, and then I will get into my teachings on the topic. The depression was a blessing in disguise. It reduced the whole world to a new starting point that gives everyone a new opportunity. And I think that that's especially reassuring right now, you know, um, at the time of this recording, may you live in interesting times, (laughs) is uh, especially on point. All right. So chapter 14, the sixth sense, the door to the temple of wisdom, the 13th step toward riches. 
The 13th principle is known as the sixth sense, through which infinite intelligence may and will communicate voluntarily without any effort from or demands by the individual. This principle is the apex of the philosophy of Think and Grow Rich. It can be assimilated, understood, and applied only by first mastering the other 12 principles. The sixth sense is that portion of the subconscious mind which has been referred to as the creative imagination. It has also been referred to as the receiving set through which ideas, plans, and thoughts flash into the mind. The flashes are sometimes called hunches or inspirations. The sixth sense defies description. It cannot be described to a person who has not mastered the other principles of this philosophy because such a person has no knowledge or no experience with which the sixth sense may be compared. Understanding the sixth sense comes only by meditation through mind development from within. The sixth sense <laughs> is probably the medium of contact between the finite man of man, the finite mind of man and woman and infinite intelligence. And for this reason, it is a mixture of both the mental and the spiritual. It is believed to be the point at which the mind of man or woman contacts the universal mind. After you've mastered the principles described, you will be prepared to accept as truth a statement which may otherwise be incredible to you. Namely, through the aid of the sixth sense, you will be warned of impending dangers in time to avoid them and notified of opportunities in time to embrace them. There comes to your aid and to do your bidding with the development of your sixth sense, a guardian angel who will open to you at all times the door to the temple of wisdom. Whether or not this is a statement of truth, you will never know except by following the instructions described in the pages of this book or some similar method of procedure. I love that. I love, love, love the power in that. Okay, then, well, let me actually just jump in and, and I'll come back to some more of Napoleon Hill's words. So as I said, we commonly know the sixth sense as universal, as intuition, but I also call the sixth sense higher power. I believe it's called in the book, Universal Mind, your God self, you know, um, meaning just your connection within to the powers that be, you know, God self, goddess self, you know, um, all that there is. And when we get into a zone, which is really what Napoleon Hill is describing, you know, either through meditation and free writing um, are ways that people can get there. Some people can get there with prayer. You know, everyone has different ways that they're able to get into the zone. And the more and more that you do it, the more it becomes your second nature. Or as I heard one um, preacher put it, moving your sixth sense into becoming your first sense, you are really just coming into alignment 
you're coming into alignment. And as I mentioned before, you know, in working with my spiritpreneur goddesses, you know, this is what we talk about. We talk about alignment when it comes to um, our offerings that we put into the world and answering our calling and soulmate clients, etc. It's all about being in alignment. And so one of the ways to start to make note of the use of your sixth sense is starting to pay attention to the quote unquote so-called coincidences. You know, information may be coming to you also in dreams or visioning or, you know, specifically in channeling. You may be channeling and not even be aware of it, you know, and if you've ever been in a place where you are writing and you really get into it or you're creating your artwork, you know, I want you to really consider, you know, whether your artwork is you speaking on a stage or you singing or you, you know, writing books or you coaching or you being a lawyer, a doctor or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you are co-creating the best of your work with source energy, infinite energy, infinite intelligence. In my family, dreams are a big way that we get information, uh, which is really cool for me now as I start to tap deeper and deeper into this. But I have to tell you, it's not, not, it's not always cool when my parents, you know, are very much in alignment with their dreams and, you know, extended family members, etc. And you get comments like, you know, um, I mentioned this in previous recordings, I believe, um, previous podcasts, you know, with my father saying things like, oh, well, you know, I I told you that I knew that I had seen, you know, a spiritual vision that that relationship wasn't going to work out for you. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> but becoming more in tune with our in our own universal mind and infinite intelligence helps us to be able to see these things for ourselves. And again, dreams are a great way to receive guidance. I had a dream, for example, the other night that my uncle Steve, who I love with my whole heart, who's passed away, he was talking to my mom in a very serious tone and serious expression on his face. And uncle Steve was never serious. Like he always had a smile. Um, And he was like very stern with my mom in this dream. And he was telling her he had had a sealed envelope and he had tickets in it and he was kind of chastising her a little bit because she was asking him to go to a dance recital, my sister's dance recital. My sister, Damali, she grew up as a dancer, had a lot of recitals attended by, you know, all of us in my family. And Uncle Steve was telling my mom in this dream that he was like, you put me in a really uncomfortable position because now I have to go. And, you know, I feel really awkward. And, you know, I'm not basically like, I don't hate you, but I'm just letting you know that you put me in a really, really uncomfortable and awkward position. So the next day I told my mom the dream and I had no idea of what was going on in her mind and life. She told me that she was in a situation where she had just asked for a ride from Uncle Steve's son to go to 
a recital that I have a family member who, one of my cousins, my beautiful cousins, owns her own dance studio. And my mom, uh, every year, every other year or whatever, she goes to these great dance recitals. And my mom needed a ride to this dance recital. And she asked my cousin, another cousin, who is Uncle Steve's son, to take her. And he had said to her, well, auntie, I'm not going to the recital. And so my mom was now wondering, unbeknownst all of this to me, whether she should, you know, she was going to ride with him or, you know, because now was he going to go buy tickets or they were trying to figure out the logistics of it, although he was not planning to go. And so it was really interesting because then when my mom, when I heard she heard this dream, she was like, oh, my goodness. She's like, all right, you know, I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable or whatever. So, you know, you have to learn, you'll learn your own dream language. You know, there are specific uh, symbolism that comes into my dreams that I know from my family. And so it's it's a very interesting thing. So I share that with you only because um, I want to reiterate that if, for example, you're trying to make a decision about something, you can give one answer. Like if you're trying to decide, should I go to this thing or not? You can say yes is red, um, no is blue. And, you know, just be clear on that before you go to sleep. And then when you dream, you'll probably have a dream with a preponderance toward one color or not. When you get up in the morning, start to free write and journal and write down your dreams and and you will start to find infinite intelligence, the presence of what you need to know. Now, I just also learned a really cool sixth sixth sense uh, universal mind tool from Napoleon Hill in reading this chapter. He had what he called the invisible council. And so what he did was that the people that he most admired, and it was people like um, Ford, Carnegie, um, Ford, Andrew Carnegie, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Abraham Lincoln, and other people. He had nine people. He called them the invisible council. And he said that, you know, he wanted to give himself what he called a voluntary rebirth, which I wrote down, Um, which as if you're familiar with me and my work as a self-worth midwife, that I love that he called it a voluntary rebirth because I'm very interested in the parallels between birth and our lives. And my last deck of affirmation cards was called, is called the manifesting deck, Oracle deck. And it's, you know, all based on fertility goddesses around the world, because I believe we are giving birth to ourselves all the time. And so he said that, you know, basically we are who we are because of our dominating thoughts and desires, right? Which we all know. And we recreate ourselves through self-suggestion, which we call, you know, self-suggestion is a combination of the principles that we've learned here um, or gotten re-familiar with through this work. And he would do basically a visualization of himself with his invisible counsel. And this was like his own personal board of directors. Now, I think that this is a really powerful exercise for us to do and to take into our arsenal of power tools because we all have access to universal mind. And if it's true for one, it's true for anyone else. 
And quantum physicists say that time is happening, you know, it's not linear, but it's happening parallel universes and all at the same time. And, you know, so you have access, you know, if, if William Shakespeare is your idol, you could, in theory, do a visualization to get yourself unstuck while you're writing, you know, and basically channel the energy of William Shakespeare, you know, or whatever whatever person you are wanting to access, you know, basically do, a, if you want to, the most basic way to visualize is to imagine, use your beautiful creative imagination and take yourself on a journey, see yourself, you know, sitting and talking to Shakespeare and, or whoever your idols are and have them dispensing to you, you know, the secrets of how they were able to do what they were doing. And so Napoleon Hill had this great invisible council of these great men that he admired. And they were, like I said, his board of directors. So I love this. So I put together my own council of infinite intelligence is what I'm calling mine. And you may choose to have on your council, you know, spiritual teachers like Jesus and Buddha, Abraham, Muhammad, put together the people that you want to sit and consult with. So here is my counsel. And one, oh, one of the things that he did, that Napoleon Hill did, is that each of the people that he picked for his counsel, he had specific traits that he wanted to learn from them. And I thought that that was really, uh, like I said, a worthy exercise. So for me, here are my great nine, my divine nine. <laughs> my divine nine, I started with Dr. Maya Angelou and what I would like to learn from her. I have her on my council to learn from her. Her ability to be just raw and authentic and to tell her truth even when it was ugly. And I called it naked presence in my journal. Like she had like a naked presence. And she also, what I really liked, she was, she was very... She was incredibly courageous with her own personal ethics. And so there were all of these stories about her having parties or whatever, celebrations, and people would be in her house. And they would use slurs against one group or another, thinking that it's okay because that group wasn't there. And she would shut off the music <laughs> and be like, um, I, I'm sorry, you have to go. Uh, who came with you? You came with her? Okay, well, are you going to go with her? Or are you going to stay? Okay, is this your coat? Here's your bag. Okay, you, you've got to go. You've got to leave my house because that's not the energy. That's not how we do it. We are not sitting around in this house gossiping about that person or we are not sitting in this house gossiping or slurring these or those people just because they are not here. Uh, and, you know, basically, peace out, deuces. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord spit you, you know? And I love that, having the courage of her convictions. I love that. So that's what I would learn, like to learn from Dr. Maya. And then, of course, uh, Auntie Oprah has to be on the council. So Oprah, I think, is an amazing spiritpreneur. And she is in alignment. Uh, I think that, you know, we all know and think of her as a teacher and a spiritual leader, but I think she's also a badass business babe, right? So I would love to have some of Auntie O's business courage and business acumen. And, you know, um, I, of course, she's divinely authentic as well and just folks and just herself and so all of those things her openness <laughs> then of course dr wayne dyer he has a seat at my table dr wayne dyer 
was and is an incredible author, speaker, teacher, therapist, everything. Um, And I just, I would like to learn from him his power of intention. Uh, Yeah, Dr. Wayne Dyer, of course he's there. Nelson Mandela also has a seat at my table and I would like to learn from him commitment, patience, and compassion. And when I think of Nelson Mandela, there is this beautiful principle from the Course in Miracles, those who are assured of the outcome can afford to wait, which is the ultimate in faith, in power, and commitment to your vision. You know, um, those who are assured of the outcome, catch that. If you are sure of the outcome, then you can afford to wait. So any impatience you have about your dreams, about your visions, about, you know, whatever it is, those who are assured of the outcome. So if you know with complete conviction, I am marching toward that destiny. In fact, I'm already there. Now I'm just playing out this journey. (laughs) Then you can afford to wait. I love that. I think Nelson Mandela exemplifies that. And then Harriet Tubman, you know, because Sister Harriet, what I want to learn from her is courage. I mean, wow, like, wow. (laughs) Like, to be a woman at that time, you know, traveling a, a black woman in a country where slavery was actively taking place and freeing other people between here and Canada, like, it's just amazing. Amazing. And so, yes, um, Harriet Tubman and her courage. And then I just thought of somebody who's not on my list but needs to be on my list very much. So Zora Neale Hurston, for the same reason. I think she is so courageous. She's an incredible writer, ethnographer, anthropologist, um, one of my heroes. And she, she, she studied by herself as a woman internationally traveling between the islands and studying um, African spirituality and voodoo. And she was just an amazing woman. So yeah, so Zora Neale Hurston, you're there. (laughs) And then Cleopatra, because I mean, just really, like I needed a queen on my council to sit there and help me to step more into my queenliness. Yes. So for fierceness and rock star, um, sheer rock starness, Cleopatra, teach it to me, mama. Let's do this. And then Sark. I don't know if you know of Sark, but she was one of my first self-help authors that I was really into. Susan Ariel Kennedy. She is dope. She's amazing. Sark is incredible. And I would talk to her about how to make an impact, how to make an impact how to make a difference in the world, how to really help people, help women shift into who they were born to be. And then Michelle Obama, yeah. So Michelle Obama is at the table because I want to learn from her how to withstand criticism and rejection, you know, like so, like people wrote about her with such hatred and vitriol and and she just was just the the picture of elegance and grace throughout it and i think that the reason why many of us including me play smaller than we are is that we're afraid of 
being rejected, of having our feelings hurt, of looking stupid, of of falling on our face, you know? And I think Michelle Obama, yeah, I would love her to be a part of my personal counsel to learn those lessons from her. And then I know I've named nine because I added in Sister Zora and I've forgotten, but my great-grandmother Ma, who was a midwife and women's fertility healer. She also, you know, had, you know, took care of chickens and took care of family, like my mom. (laughs) And um, she was amazing. And I met her when I was a baby, when I was like four. Um, And she was already blind at that point, but she felt my face and she said I was beautiful. And so I am. And so Ma would definitely be there. So now who is at your council? And again, the way that this ties in with the sixth sense is you're tapping into universal mind, higher power, your God self, the part of you that knows, your inner wise self that again, you know, like I said, you can access through meditating or free writing, but you are here and you're going to do this visualization. I think right before you go to sleep is a great time. And maybe every night you come in and you, before you go to bed, you have a question for your counsel, or maybe it's something you do and journal in the morning. Um, you know, one of the cool things was in Napoleon Hill, when he did the, the, this, it's the council, it all started to take on a life of its own. He said Lincoln was showing up late and some other folks were acting out and, you know, all of that stuff. And so, you know, of course, be careful who you invite into your mind and your soul, be meticulous, you know, just in, in life and in visions. And, you know, I really don't see any difference with whom you invite into your spirit. All right. So, all right, I'm going to read a bit more of Napoleon Hill before I close. This much the author does know, that there is a power, a first cause, or an intelligence, which permeates every atom of matter and embraces every unit of energy perceptible to man, that this infinite intelligence converts acorns into oak trees, causes water to flow downhill in response to the laws of gravity and follows night with day and winter with summer, each maintaining its proper place in relationship to the other. This intelligence may, through the principles of this philosophy, be induced to aid in transmuting desires into concrete or material form. The author has this knowledge because he has experimented with it and he has experienced it. So go forward, build your counsel, tap into your intuition, trust your sixth (laughs) sense and make magic happen in your own life.